Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and as always, before we get going, we want to let you know, you can, of course, find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Royalty underscore pod and at Hockey underscore Royalty, and we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram, YouTube, and we're just becoming all over social media, everywhere, like spores. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyways, we're, you know, we're, we're glad to be back, and tonight is all about you, the listener, because you know what? This show just simply wouldn't be worth doing if we didn't have all you you know, guys and gals out there listening to our show, and we just re- we appreciate the support we get. And so we put it out on Twitter yesterday. We wanted to see some uh, listener questions, and boy, did we get some. So let's get right into that. Now, first of all, I want to let everybody know uh, Ryan's not here tonight. Ryan's uh, adulting, so <laughs> <laughs> he can't be here, but fret not. Don't worry. Because, of course, as always, we've got the Prince of PDO, we've got the Count of Corsi, we've got the Emperor of all things analytics, and the guy who is rapidly becoming the go-to on Twitter for Kings news, opinions, commentary, anything you want to know about the LA Kings. He's the one, he's the only, he is Mr. Russell Morgan. What is going on, Russ? What's up, Scotty? You got me feeling like a wrestler coming out with my music blaring, bro. I'm, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. You, I mean, we got, we got no Kings hot. Yeah, we got no. I know we do need music. That'd be great. Have our own little theme, like entrance. Yeah, pyro. That'd be that'd be cool. Hey, I was gonna ask you. Do you 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 catch the NBA trade deadline today? That was, that was some wild moves going on. You know what? I didn't catch a lot of it, but I heard it was just off the hook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it was funny because I I was just thinking like imagining if the NHL trade deadline was something like that, and you get like players like 
Connor McDavid moving for like uh, Austin Matthews, like midway oh through the God. season, just because. I mean, who knows? Maybe that'll happen with what's going on in Edmonton. But it's just, it's just, it's just crazy to watch the NBA and all the storylines throughout that year. You mean the Edmonton employers? <laughs> yeah, Ooh, in trouble. Yeah, I tell you, that's that's incredible the amount of talent that they have that are falling apart. But you know what? More importantly, especially for our listeners in LA, we got a big game coming up on Sunday. And I got to tell you something. I'm 47 years old, and I've been a Rams fan since I was seven. So a 40-year Ram fan. Been a fan before they, they left L.A., and I've been a fan when they come back. And, boy, am I really hoping that they don't give me an altar on Sunday. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with this big game we got coming up? Ooh, yeah. I, so, obviously, I, I live in the L.A. area. Um, L.A. radios, they're really confident. And I, and I think they really should be. I'm, I, I'm picking the Rams to win. And... The thing is, but I, I really think it's going to be a close game. I'm not. I think the cover right now or the spread is three or three and a half. And yeah. I'm thinking about taking the Bengals to cover that spread. But I still think the Rams are going to win by like three points of a late game winning field goal. I mean, just I mean, you you watch what Joe Burrow's been able to do for Cincinnati. He's been there before. It seems like he's this calm, cool, totally collected yep. guy whenever he's in the big game, big moments. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just really up to – I think the total number for the, the game is, like, pretty high. So, they're expect, Vegas is expecting a pretty high-scoring game. So, I think if Stafford can maintain himself and, be, and not turn the ball over or anything, I think the Rams have a good shot at winning. I, I hope so. And, you know, I, I just – as a Rams fan, late-game field goals and Super Bowls traumatize me to even talk about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Charger uh, fan, so I, yeah, I feel your pain. Sweet. You get me. You get me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we're not here to talk about football. We're not here to talk about basketball. We are here to talk about our L.A. Kings. And like I said earlier, we have just got this wave of questions. Um, we, but you know what? We appreciate everybody submitting their questions. We're going to try to get to as many of them as we can. But we've got so many of them that it would take a, a five-hour show to get through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So... <laughs> So we're going to start right off. We got one from uh, Larry. He's at Selective Larry. And he wants to know, if Kaliev starts next season in the top six as Blake wants, what happens to Lazat and Lemieux? And he also wants to know, if Lazat sustains his current play, does Jad become a trade ship? And, of course, Jared Anderson Dolan. Out mm-hmm. of all the soon-to-be RFAs and UFAs, who stays and who goes? Is Leas done in L.A.? Uh, 2023 center predictions? We got, a, <laughs> we got a whole mess to get through here. So oh, yeah. Down one by one. Kaliev in the top six. Of course, I think that's the plan, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, probably not this season, but next season for sure. So what do you think? What happens with, with Lazat and Lemieux? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think Lemieux's kind of – he's played himself into a, a, a role, really, with L.A., and, and it seems like it's a role that can sustain, and there's really no one else that can fill that, that specific um, kind of mentality that he brings night in and night out. So – I mean, I would expect Lemieux to be re-signed. I know he's an RFA this season, so I would expect him to come back um, and the Kings to bring him back and, and keep filling that um, kind of agitator-type uh, role that he's been he's been playing so far this year. Um, as far as Lazat, that's a big question mark. Uh, the center position really right now, it's really just the fourth-line center position. Obviously, like It seems like it because we got Kopitar, Denobe, and Byfield now who's, who's making a name for himself right now in the NHL or getting started, and now, so it's just who's going to fill that fourth line position going forward? Who do you think? Yeah, I, you know what though? It's so. I mean, 
I think obviously the rest of the season, the job is Lazat's. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. The Kings are either playing to what some expected, but to most, they're pretty much overachieving, which is a great thing. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But it's kind of one of those things, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right? And as much as we want to see Jared Anderson Dolan get in the lineup, as much as you want to see an Alex Turcotte get in the lineup, is, I mean, the list goes on and on. Gabe Velarde, right? But let's be honest, Blake Lazat has done the job. Mm-hmm. He really has. And and that fourth line right now is one of the, it, it's allowing the Kings to roll four lines. Yeah. Which is exactly. huge. Huge. When you're gonna get towards playoff time, uh, which honestly I, I called this at the beginning of the season. I said the Kings would make the playoffs, and I still think they're gonna do it. Um, so development's probably gonna be down in the AHL for now. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't gonna get an NHL shot. Um, so what happens next season? Of course, you move Kaliev up, and of course, you got you got to resign Brendan Lemieux because Lemieux brings something to the lineup that they just don't have, and that's that grit and sandpaper. Whether you agree with this tactic, sometimes is up for debate. But mm-hmm. however, the Kings simply don't have a player like him, and I think Lazat his spot in the lineup is going to depend on what happens in the offseason as to who gets traded, which we're probably going to get into later on. But yeah. you know, moves are going to be made. We talked about this earlier in the season. It's a gigantic game of musical chairs right now for the Kings at forward. The music is going to stop eventually, and guys are going to be left without a chair. Right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. trades are going to be made, and it's going to depend on who goes as to what happens with Lozat. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think this kind of moniker of, like, top six that we talk about for, like, Kaliev and thinking about where he wants to be moved up or the Rob Blake envisions him being moved up into the top six next season, I mean – if you look at it right now, the Kings can be a top nine team. If, if Quentin Byfield can develop into the player we expect him to be come next season, why not just play him with Arthur Kaliev? And you have a really formidable <laughs> third line right there with, with Byfield and Kaliev. We, all the top six players are going to be coming back next season. They're all signed except for Kempe, who's an RFA and is expected to come back. So, I mean, right. you have the, a, a top six already prepared for the next couple of years. So get, keep Quentin Fifield in the third line center, and you can have him develop with Kaliev and develop that chemistry together um, for the future because they're really going to be the backbone of the Kings' offense in five or so years. Oh, I agree with that, no doubt. And, of course, Fifield's going to stay – and that, that 3C is going to be the obvious perfect spot for him next season. Mm-hmm. The one question mark that I have, and I, and I love the play that he has brought this season, but is this the real Trevor Moore? Is Trevor Moore really a top six player? Do you maybe start sliding him down a little bit? And I know he's been fantastic in this, you know, the line with Dano and with Arvidsson, but we're talking next season here. And if you're going to have somebody like Arthur Kaliev, who, by the way, I'm going to tell you something right now. At first, I will be the first one to admit it. I did not agree with having him down on the fourth line trying to play a checker role. I didn't like the move. I did not like that at all. But you know what? It's starting to kind of – you're starting to see where the mad genius is coming into play, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's actually – he's picked up his defensive game because he had to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think – and this is not a, a knock against Blake Lazat, but he's got his defensive game now. Now they got to get him a facilitator. Yeah. And, and I like that idea that you bring up about putting him with Quentin Byfield because you're probably right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the next 10 to 12 years of Kings hockey – you're probably going to see Quentin Byfield and Arthur Kelly have joined at the hip. 
Mm-hmm. So why not get them rolling now? You know. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think with um with Trevor Moore, it, it's just it's it's it sucks to say, but I almost envision I almost think like he'll go as far as Philip Deneau will carry him. And it, it's not it's, to say that Trevor Moore hasn't yeah. been an individually great player these last few games, but I mean we've just seen what Philip Deneau has been able to bring out of his line mates, and I and I'm wondering if that's kind of had a little bit. A little bit more to it because we have. I mean, we've never seen Trevor Moore be this of an offensive type player before, right? So, I mean, we've never. He's he's now really maybe he's coming into his prime, and this is the type of player that he is, which would be amazing from a Kings point of view if you got <laughs> if you got that out of Trevor Moore. But right. I mean, for right now, you just have this legitimate chemistry that's been developed with him and Dano, and it just looks great. And if if Trevor Moore can be um, the same player that he is right now, just keep him with the no and see how long you can ride that wave. Sure. Because, I mean, it goes right back to what we were just saying. If it's not broken, do not fix it. Exactly. Now, now I mean, and, and I don't want to bring this up. I'm not trying to jinx anybody or anything like that. We still got a long season left, right? Yeah. I mean, there's what, what we got, 35, 38 games, I think, something like 35, that. 35, yeah. 35, right? So a lot can still happen, mm-hmm. right? Somebody could hit a disastrous slump. You know, and of course, and again, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it out loud, but we have to. You never know when that injury bug is going to strike. So Mm -hmm. that could throw a monkey wrench into everything as well. But for right now, there's no way you really make any drastic changes. You can't. Because this was the goal all along, right? I mean, I know there are some people out there who say, well, why why get in on the eighth seed and get blown out in the first round by, you know, a Vegas or a Colorado? You know what this team needs to make the playoffs? This franchise needs to make the playoffs after everything that's been going on for the past few years, all the losing, all the, you know, just the, the negativity around, you know, the team, the fan base, we need this. Mm-hmm. We need to be playing again, meaningful games at the end of April. And if they get beat in the first round, so they get beat in the first round, but you know what, that's going to be valuable experience, invaluable, I should say for guys like Quentin Byfield for the Arthur Callias of the world. You know, for for the young like Mikey Andersons, Tobias Bjornfront, all those guys, it's going to be huge just to get some kind of playoff experience to see what that's like, and then to really start loading up for next season. Yeah, I think Kings management just needs it more than anything too. But I mean, it's been a successful year so far, and if as as long as the development curve keeps ticking the way it is right now, I think I think it'll be good. So, well, let's get back into some questions uh, and. I got one from James Kang. Uh, who do you think are the youngsters that will be on the team five years from now? Are we really cup contenders that can give away a bunch of prospects for a cup run this year? I think the second question is, uh, is really good. I think we should start yeah. off with that one. What do you think about that one? Well, I think, I mean, we, we've talked about this one before too. <clears throat> I think you can trade anybody not named Quentin Byfield or Brant Clark and get Jacob Chikrin. I think you got to include Kaliev though. I think you got to include Kaliev. Yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right about that. But here's the, the beauty, the beauty about what the Kings have right now. They have so much darn depth yeah. in their prospects. And we're not talking about just mid-level prospects. We're talking four or five-star prospects here that they can afford to lose. They can, and, and it won't change anything, right? Because we talked about the forwards, but the defense is going to turn into a log jam as well. You're yeah. overloaded on the right side. And – for a team like Arizona, you can offer them, you know, let's just say, okay, 
take your pick of, say, a, a Velarde, a Turcotte. Obviously, they want a first-round pick. Fine. You know what? Fine. Take it, right? But you also have Helgi Grans. You've got Brock Faber in the system. you got, obviously, Brant Clark coming through. All righties. You need that lefty in there. And and they have NHL players available on the right side that they can move. You know, and I feel bad for him because he's been kind of forgotten in all this. Sean Walker is on a very affordable contract. Absolutely. Very, which is, you know, he has to have Arizona's mouth watering, right? So, yeah. and he's, you know what, Russ, he's a good player. He really is a good player. But when you're talking about taking the next step and filling the need and swing for the fences to get the best that you can, I'm sorry, but there is nobody better out there than Jacob Chicken that fits that bill. So, yeah. And- yeah, I think I no. I think with with the chicken trade, I think it's more. That's more of like a long term deal. I think if the Kings are making that deal no. um, before the trade deadline, they're they're not really looking. I, I don't think they're looking at themselves as being legit cup contenders this season. But I mean, you look at the way uh, Chicken's got three more, three or four more years left on his deal. I mean, right. so you got him for um, short term, really, and, and great so, salary. Yeah, at a, a great salary. Salary. So when I envision like if if the Kings are going to trade away a bunch of prospects for a cup run this year. I, I think of it more yeah. as like a, a, like a rental. And I just don't really see that happening. I think of them maybe trading away like a third, fourth, fifth round pick, maybe like a, a mid-level prospects for, sure. um, I don't know, a depth forward, um, a vet, more veteran presence that that chicken trade doesn't go down. So right. if right. I, I just, but the thing, just to answer James's question, I just don't see them throwing away a bunch of pro- prospects to try to really go for it this year because that's not where the team no. at right now. But that's not a that's not a bad thing. That's not that's no. that's not where they're expected to be. Not at all, because I mean that's and you're exactly right. And the reason I bring up Chickering is because of that. I don't yeah. want to see the Kings give up a, a first round pick or a top level prospect to get like a Ben Sherat. Why, why yeah. would you do that? No, I mean Montreal is going to get a first rounder from somebody for him. It just can't be the Kings because. You're right. The Kings aren't in that spot right now. I mean, to be honest with you, I think this team can win a first-round series. I think they can they can sneak up on somebody and take somebody down. I, I really do. Yeah. You know, but as far as, you know, I mean, I'd love to see them make a cup run. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to realistically temper your expectations as well. So, obviously, goal number one, make the playoffs. Goal number two, win a playoff series, obviously, if you can. But you certainly don't want to give up the entire farm to get anybody other than Jacob Chickery. Yeah, absolutely. And let's see, is part two of his question. Who do you think the youngsters that will be on this team five years from now? Man, that is such a hard – and you know what? It's going to start with the, the big trade that we keep talking about. Yeah, that's, the, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, you're – as much as I want to say – I mean, I, you just got to look at really the untouchables just because of the trades that could happen. Like you said, it's there's any prospect – because they're all really – quality prospects so you just have to really look at who might the untouchables be five years from now i mean i look at quentin byfield arthur kaliev and brant clark as being like the top three in terms of king's prospects i i really think the kings like what they're getting out of sean Dursey and the way that he's able yes. to kind of build like a camaraderie almost within the team and and, and seems like a really great locker room guy so i envision him staying um with the team long term and being a really good asset with the team as well, so that and that's just an, another interesting fold. Looking at the way that the roster is made up right now on the blue line, when you have Dowdy, Roy, and Jersey playing the three spots with Clark coming in next year, so right. what happens? I mean, as much as we want to keep I mean. Jersey on the team, 
not a lot of room, unlike you <laughs> exactly. mentioned on that blue line. There's just only so many spots. You're, you're, you're right. And, you know, that kind of piggybacks into another question. And this is from a literal mouse. That's pretty cool. I, I like uh, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm picturing a mouse <laughs> reading a book right now. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> a literal mouse wants to know, obviously the glaring one is which left shot demon is going to play here after a trade. We know all that. But this is more on the prospect side. Which prospect should be the team or should the team be willing to part with the most? Hmm. Now, so and, and this piggybacks because like I, I was just saying, or we were just saying, okay, so Kaliev, Byfield, Clark off the table. Now we keep talking about Turcotte. We keep talking about Velarde. But mm-hmm. the thing we gotta remember is perhaps you can entice an Arizona or whoever they decide that they're gonna go after with something deeper down the system because don't forget this the system is so loaded that it's it's top to bottom right so i mean if you wanted to throw out like a martin chromiak right teams looking yeah. for some center help francisco Pinelli. i mean i'm not advocating to trade these guys don't get me wrong i'm not saying that at all what i am saying is it's not just the turkas and the Vlaris of the world you can you can dangle right mm-hmm. There's so many available that it's it's just ridiculous. It's hard and, to pick I mean, one or two, <laughs> right? <laughs> or even just exactly. a couple, like three or four. I mean, Scott Wheeler just came out with his article of the Kings being number two in the NHL in their prospect pool, and they're fighting for a le- like they're legit playoff contenders this season. So yeah. this it's just a great position to be in um, for the Kings. But, I mean, if you're looking at what prospects would the team be willing to part with most, I mean, it's just about – at that point, you're just kind of hoping that you're giving quality and you're getting quality in return in the trade. So if the Kings can dangle like an Alex Turcotte just looking at the center position right now, I mean, that's kind of been the name floated around in terms of a chicken right. move. Or even I, – I look at also in the, like the blue line – um, I would think maybe like a Tobias Bjornfoot would be a, a big ship. I've, I've always thought that's a player that Arizona would be looking at sure. uh, because of his chemistry with Victor Soderstrom uh, on, on, on Team Sweden at the World Juniors right. a couple of years ago. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's just hard to pick. It's just hard to pick. And here's the other thing, too. You know, ideally, in an ideal world, the Kings would be able to get away with giving up more draft picks than prospects. Yeah. Because they proved mm-hmm. it at the draft last year. They're really not looking to load up on picks anymore. We're, we're beyond that stage. I mean, look what they, they traded. Well, they, they had 10 picks, but they consolidated that into six. So, you know, I would fully believe that they would be willing to, if say, if and, I, and I, I hate to keep going back to Arizona, but obviously that's the hot button issue, right? So if they were to turn around and say, well, we want your first round pick this year and give us your second and your second next year. And we'll just take one of your prospects. I think the Kings would be willing to do something like that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you, yeah. Look at what the first round pick isn't going to be as, as important as it has been last couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, right now, I was just looking at the standings. The Kings are probably looking at like a fifteenth, sixteenth overall pick right now um, in the league. So, yeah, that that first round pick is definitely going to be a trade ship. Not not for a rental. I don't think that's where right. the Kings should be at right now. But come exactly. the off season or, or come draft table. Um, we could see that pick moved. Um, absolutely. I think yeah, you're so absolutely right, our, my friend. Our boy uh, Richard, Richard Starabia, good old Dirty, <laughs> dirty Harry. Dirty he's Harry. Got a couple, he's always throwing out some good ones. Um, which players uh, – he's got a, he's got a quite a few of them here, so I'll try to just pick a couple. Um, 
Which players are you expecting to remain hot after the break? Mm. What do you think, Scotty? Boy, that's a that's a good one. I fully expect Philip Deneau to keep up what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Fully expect that. I can tell you who I'm actually kind of a little nervous about. I'm worried about Kempe. And and I know yeah. that's kind of blasphemy to say right now. I know. I don't it. think you're the only one. I don't think you're the only one. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, oh man, I've seen this movie before. You know, I mean, he's having a fantastic first half of the season. And, you know, maybe he's past that stage in his career. I hope he is, obviously, of course. Yeah. But we've also seen him go into streaks of 10, 12 games without a goal. And right now the Kings, for better or for worse, are relying on him to be a goal scorer. They really yeah. are. So, I mean, that's and I, I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer, of course. But Jinx. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know what? You know who else I expect to pick it up a little bit more, too, even though he's been playing fantastic, is Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, I agree. Victor Arvidsson has, not, has never met a shot he did not like. I, I forgot who said that, but. It was hilarious. I, I just laughed. I laughed so hard, but it's so true. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like Victor Arvidsson has that like Wayne Gretzky motivational poster on his wall that says he missed 100 percent of the shots he don't take, and he and he looks at it and he like bows to it before he leaves his room, and then he goes up on the ice because dude, this guy to take a shot from the locker room at some point. Dude, this guy will shoot from yeah, he'll shoot from the the hallway if he got the chance. I mean, but it's. It's, it's it's exactly what the Kings have needed, really. A, player, exactly. a person who's willing to take that shot. I mean, because you never know. The, you just the Kings are really looking for anything and everything in terms of goal scoring, and and it's been helping. And we're noticing that chemistry with Dano and more. And I, I wrote an article. I think it was early January, like it, to expect a big um, second half of the season because he's putting up career high numbers in shooting. He's putting up career high numbers in high danger percent. Uh, high danger chances. So the, the chances are there. It's just, he's just had a, a really low sh- shooting percentage compared to his career average. So if he can get back to the average, I mean, there's no real reason why he couldn't get to 20, even get close to 25 goals to, uh, at the end of the season. So uh, I think, I think t- I expect, I, I expect him to be one of the players to remain hot in the second half of the year. But um, for your Kemp, to, to your Kempe point though, I, I think this all-star game was really good for him. And it was almost kind of like, I think it was, it was it was almost like, okay, I'm around guys like McDavid and and like whoever else was there, Adam Stone and all those players. Like I'm one of them now, and I think that'll be something that he can carry over to the second half of the season. You know what we don't talk about anymore is, oh, are we going to find anybody to play with Kopitar? Isn't that magical? <laughs> how being able to roll four lines like this made all that go away. <laughs> oh, it's been great. Yeah, Kopitar is like our our left wing one has been under our noses this whole time. I know. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> we, just had, we just had to be a little patient. Yeah. Well, listen, when we've been suffering as long as we have, it's hard to be patient, okay? Exactly. Uh, but you know what? He, he Actually, Richard's got another really great question I was looking at here, and this is fantastic. He says, which first-round playoff matchup would you like to see for the Kings? Ooh, I mean, from a storyline point of view, you just have to look at Calgary, right? I mean, Daryl yeah. Sutter, yeah. Trevor, Trevor Lewis, Trevor Lewis, Milan yeah. Lucic, and then it's it's almost and they play a really similar game. So I mean, you're looking at games. The old Daryl Sutter adage is it's a three two lead. You're looking at three two games every a game uh, a seven game series that's just like three to two each game. And and who could forget the Chuck like, versus Doughty? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you're missing the biggest one. So 
Yeah, it's, that would be the most entertaining one out of all, I think. And the, yeah, and the best you know, one for the Kings to compete, too. I think they'd be able to compete against the Flames. I think they'd be able to compete yeah. against, against a lot of the top teams, just as long as they don't face Colorado. Right. Well, and I think they're going to have to finish in the top three of the division. I, I, I just Something is telling me that's going to have to happen, um, to which point we're either going to get probably a Calgary or an Anaheim. Mm. What a slugfest that would be for, for yeah. first-round picks, two versus three, right? Um, mm-hmm. If they end up in a wild card, I can actually see them playing Vegas. And honestly, I would not mind that. I, I really wouldn't. I, I think at this point, in this juncture, for one thing, the Kings owe them. They owe them for that four-game sweep last time we were in the playoffs. Okay, we'll yeah. pay back. Okay? And I think that actually L.A. matches up very well with Vegas. They'll probably have Jack Eichel back by then. I understand that. But even with Eichel back, the Kings are stronger down the middle. And everybody knows that to compete in the playoffs, you have to be strong down the middle. And that's a huge advantage that the Kings have. And, yes, I know Vegas is, you know, putting up the points like they always do. But to me, they're not the scary Golden Knights that they were last year or the season before. So, to be perfectly honest with you, if they end up in a rematch with the Golden Knights, I am good with that. Yeah, we'll just have to see how the chemistry works with Eichel and how he comes back as a player. I know oh, that's, they announced that's the other thing, they, too. Yeah, and there's the rumor today that they're going to be placing um, Mark Stone on LTIR to make space Ooh. or make room in the cap for Eichel. So that'll be interesting, especially, especially, especially since Stone was Aww. just at the All-Star game, looking mm. like he was pretty pretty healthy there. But that's, that's a, he'll maybe pull in the old Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, um, off. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mark so Stone we'll see what Kucherov. happens there. We'll see what happens with Vegas at uh, the end of the season. Um <laughs> All right, I think uh, so. Yeah, back to the questions. Or my boy Colin Peters, this guy—he's a great, great follow. Uh, he's always he got great insight. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think the Kings are looking to bring in a skilled forward to smooth out the third line, such as a Garland, to make a playoff push? And will they only? And they will they only go for a forward if they can't get a D man? I don't think so. To be perfectly honest with yeah. you, I don't. Um, it would be nice to have Connor Garland. Don't get me wrong. It would be great, right? But why would you do it? Because, again, it goes back to what we were saying. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Now, and, again, broken record time, of course, injuries can change all this and necessitate it. Plus, the trade deadline's late this year. So there's still a lot that could happen in between now and then. But here's the thing, right? You've got four lines that are rolling absolutely rolling right now. Um, and I don't want to see them give up any any type of high-level prospects or high draft picks to get – I mean, yeah, Garland signed to, what, four more years, I think, something like that. But does he necessarily fit into the plans, right? Because if they really wanted him that bad, they could have had him. Think about it. They could have offered mm-hmm. better than what Vancouver was offered to get him to begin with. And, I mean, it's a great question. It's a great thought, right? But you know what, to at the trade deadline, have you ever noticed that every time somebody acquires a big-time forward, nine times out of ten it doesn't work out? You give up all this draft capital and prospects, and it just – nothing, you know? Yeah, you think I think – The I think, Rick Nash trades, the Taylor Hall trades, you know, it just – it never seems to work out. Teams just feel, like, pressured. It's just to pressured into making these, like, yeah. really outrageous-type moves. So, yeah, those big deals, especially with term – um, 
or I mean, in more of a, like a desperation move. Uh, if if I if the Kings do bring in a forward, I, I could see it being like maybe. I mean, I could see it being a rental, but I don't see it being like a a top six like scoring forward right. rental. I think of it more like, like bringing a forward who can help on the the penalty kill kind of kind of right. player, like right. like what Vegas did with Yarncroke. I think last year um, that kind of depth piece. I can see that depth forward move being made. Um, to be from yeah. for the Kings. To be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing him bring a little more grit in. I yeah, not mind, exactly. I would not mind seeing that at all. Uh, but yeah, I just like I said, it's um, now is not the time to to push all your chips in on a, on a forward, especially because they're so loaded. <laughs> forward. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but I, I understand where he's coming wings, from. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, I yeah, know that poor kid. We're, we're gonna have to talk about him in a little bit. There's no doubt Ooh, about well. it. But um, let's see. I have got one here from. Adam Foskey. Uh, Adam wants to know, what are the Kings going to do with Turcotte, Velarde, Vegemo? Hey, there you go. There's Velarde. Uh, the Kings' top <laughs> two lines seem set for next year unless Kempe doesn't re-sign. Um, also, Blake said the Kings need Kaliev in the top six next year. We covered that. And you have to assume Brownie is back. Players are going to mm-hmm. have to move out. Who goes? Now, there's some interesting stuff to break down there. So let's start with the first part. And we, we've already talked about this. Uh, Turcotte, Velarde, Vaguel. Which one of those three is likely to go? I guess we'll we'll go with that because one of them, at least one of them, is going. You know that. Yeah, I th- and I, and I think for the rest of this season, it's, uh, I don't know. We'll 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 dive into Velarde more specifically later. But as far as which one can go or which one will most likely go, uh, it, it, like I mentioned, I think it's going to be Turcotte just because of the value that he still brings. He has that right. top five pick. Um, attached to his name, so and he's and he can develop into a great player. It's just it's, I mean, it's just you look at it. He's just always going to draw that. He's just going to draw that comparison to Zegers just because of where Zegers plays down the down the road here. Um, so and that's kind of why like Kings fans are like pushing to see more more out of Turcotte. Um, mm-hmm. But he's he's looked good. He's looked good in Ontario, and and I think those three players will stay in Ontario um, possibly for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think Turcotte can actually be like another Kings number five overall pick and Braden Shen eventually down the road. I, I really yeah. believe mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it's a I good think, comparison. yeah, and I think with Turcotte, he needs to be somewhere where he can get the playing time. Let's be honest with with LA right now, he's not going to get the playing time that he needs. And if it if it means going to you know someplace that's in a rebuild that can maybe center around him a little bit, I think that would probably be the best thing for him even though I would hate to see the guy go, but I mean, it depends of course on what the return would be. Uh, let's see. Top two. Yeah, top two lines sorry. Set. Just oh, to, con- just to continue on what Adam said, I, I just also, I don't think you can undervalue the experience that a player will get from the Calder cup playoffs. I, I it's just, that's, yeah. that's a playoff environment in itself. And I think to have those three players um, playing um, for the rain of a strong rain team, I, I sure. think that'll be more beneficial for their development. Yeah, because what would you rather have? Would you rather have them playing in a Calder Cup playoffs or being like the, the what is it called, the Black Aces for the Kings in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, really, what, what would you rather have? Of course, you'd rather have. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I'm yeah, I'm sure they'll be down there. But I, I mean, for, for for right now, just keep them with Ontario. They're looking good and they're developing some good chemistry. So keep that absolutely. Going. Um, I do want to say I don't think there's any doubt that Adrian Kempe resigns uh, because he is yeah. an RFA, by the way. So I, you know, it's going to be one of those. If somebody wants them, they're not going to have to pay them the coin. They're going to have to pay us the picks, 
And I don't think yeah, that's and Blake Blake's happen. giving no Blake's given no indication that's that's not going to happen. And he's he's got arbitration rights, so don't expect um, anything to happen before the season. Right. I would expect probably something after the end of the season. Sure, absolutely. But the real interesting one to me in this question, he's talking about assuming Brownie stays. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a 100%. As much as I love Dustin Brown, he's been my favorite king for forever, it feels. But I don't think that we can assume that he stays. Yeah, that's the. it's just been – like if you ask that question, say you asked that question at the end of last season, you'd be like, of course he's staying. He's the leading right. scorer on the team. And right. now you look at it this year, he's almost it's, – it's been unfortunate because he's, like, flipped a switch. He's, um, he's not producing on the power play at all what he used to be doing. And it's, you're almost kind of looking at it like, can he continue to keep playing those power play minutes? So it's, it's kind of strange that he hasn't re-signed. I don't know. I, I feel like that should have happened by now. I don't know. But I think – I just I don't I don't think I don't see him being traded is what I don't see. I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, you almost have to wonder if the bumps and bruises of playing was he's in the 18th 18th season I think. You have yeah. to wonder if the bumps and bruises are starting to catch up because I mean he, he's not one of those guys plays. that plays on the perimeter right. I mean he's in the corner yeah. he's banging he's hitting all the time. Um, and here's and again it goes right back to what we were talking about. Too many forwards, not enough mm-hmm. chairs. So when you get into the offseason and you're starting to look at your lineup and you're going, wow, we'd really like to get Velarde in or we'd really like to get Turk out of spot. You know, anybody, take take your pick down in Ontario, right? Is, is keeping Brownie around for eight minutes a night going to be worth keeping them down in Ontario when you don't know what they're going to be able to do at the NHL level without getting them up? That's like for next that's gonna be the, that, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. So, yeah. the, you know, Rob Blake's going to have a big decision to make. If Brownie wants to keep playing, I'm sure somebody would resign him or sign him, of course, because you can't mm-hmm. replace that kind of veteran leadership uh, with everything that he's been through and, and has done. He would be great on a on a contender that's about to, you know, go over the top, yeah. but needs that extra depth piece. Whereas the Kings yeah. are in just a little bit different of a situation because there's so many pieces there already. But I, mean, I think I, I think that'll I think that'll be probably one of the bigger stories of this offseason, besides any trades that the Kings make, is what they do do with Dustin Brown. Um, yeah, yeah, that'll be something to watch um, in, in the summer. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Russ, I would hate to see him go somewhere else, but I also wouldn't blame him in in, in another sense if he was going to be able to go someplace and get more playing time, or because, like I said, I just I just think that there's not enough room. And I hate saying that because I love the guy, but it's just unfortunate. Kind of one of those time is money and money is time, right? And they need money being player spots. So they need to be able to to do something to create those roster spots. Um, just as long as he doesn't go and sign with somebody like Vegas or San Jose or Anaheim, I'll be okay. <laughs> Nowhere in the Pacific. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But no, that's um, uh... so. Yeah, back to the. We got another one here. Uh, Ryan Ryan Stahl underscore. He writes: Is the organization still high in Vladimir Kachev? Oof. Hey. I'll, I'll let you start off. With, I'll let you start off with that one, then I'll, I'll throw in my answer. 
Um, I don't want to break your heart, my friend, but I don't think they are <laughs> anymore. I, I really don't. Uh, reason being, if they were, they would have had them up by now. You know? Yeah. Um, that's it, it, that's just a given. If they were that high on them, he would have been. He would be in LA right now, not in Ontario. Uh, you know, with, with his professional experience he's had over in the KHL, uh, for whatever reason, they just don't seem to be, let's put this way, as high on him as they were. And it's a shame because, I mean, he's a very exciting player to watch. But, again, overload. <laughs> that's going to be the word exactly. right here, overload. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's a theme that we're, we're, we're kind of developing here is, is <laughs> yeah. I, I think they were kind of envisioning him if to be like this jackpot, really, like, this 10 team parlay where they put in five dollars yeah. and hey, we got a good we got a good prospect over in Russia. Let's just bring him over and hey, maybe he turns into Caprizov. Who knows? And and <laughs> we haven't seen we didn't see that happening um the first couple of games. I mean he had a couple points, but he didn't really fully flash. And this isn't to say that he can't still be an NHL player. I mean, he just only had sure. four games in the NHL coming straight over from the K. So yeah, I if if it's not gonna be with the Kings I can definitely see it happening with another NHL team. Um, but, I, yeah, like you said, just it's overload, project overload. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, there's, obviously there's just some players that are, are higher on the Kings pecking order than, than others. And you know what? Let's just get this out of the way right now. Let's talk about Velarde since let's, Velarde let's seems to do it. Let's, we're, we're you know, dancing we're dying to do this. Let's, all just, yeah, let's make it happen. Let's just, let's just go. Uh I feel so bad for Gabe Velarde because I, you know what, I I was thrilled when the Kings drafted him. Uh, living where I do, upstate New York, uh, I do get, occasionally get some Frontenacs news, Kings from Frontenacs, and, and you know what, you could just tell he was a dynamite player for them. Of course, you know we don't need to rehash the whole injuries, whatever. But the thing is now, what do you do with him? That's, I mean, you know what, I mean, I would actually love to see him try a Velarde. Byfield, Kelly on line. I would love to see that. Because could you imagine having two facilitators like Byfield and Velarde are with a sniper like Kaliev? <laughs> but yeah. For what, yeah. But for whatever reason, um, and you know, I'm not trying to start rumors or, or you know, stir the pot up or anything like that. It just kind of seemed like Coach McCollin has just kind of soured on him. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, we don't know what, what's going on behind closed doors. We have no idea. And I'm not even going to speculate, you know, and things happen sometimes. They just happen. It, it is what it is. Uh, but you can't put him on the fourth line. I mean, yeah, it worked with Kaliev to an extent. But I just, I don't see, you know, Gabe Velarde as a fourth line player and and keep him there. there there's uh, no way. So So you got to find a spot in the top nine. What do you do? I think I'll say this about Gabe Velarde. I don't know if there is another prospect in the NHL that's gone through more than Gabe Velarde in the last three, four, five years. You think about Absolutely. his back injury, everything that he went through. He loses a full year. He comes back for a couple of games and has to leave again. And then he comes back, has this roller coaster high of emotion where he has his first NHL goal in his first, in his first shift and his first shot. I mean, you're and you get 10 points in seven games, and he's just rolling, or seven points in seven, 10 games, whatever one it was. Yeah. But he's just rolling. Just incredible. And then he comes back, and then he comes back last season, and it just wasn't there. 
And it was almost right. like the, the coronavirus and the lockdown. It almost seemed like it took like a mental toll, toll on him. Cause you, you notice him in, in the press conferences that he's just like kind of down and doesn't really have the energy. And he lost his now, confidence. Yeah. And he lost his confidence. It was just strange to see after the last year he showed the year before, but now we're, we're seeing, I think we're seeing a more confident Gabe Velarde develop in the AHL and especially on the wing, which is a great sight to see um, from a Kings management standpoint with the, the way the center position is locked up right now. And sure. Yeah, like if what he's got, he's got 25 points, 27 points in 27, 25 games in the AHL right now for the Rain. He's killing it. I think he's right. got like five points in his last three games, something like six points in his last three games. He's doing amazing and it's on the wing. So if let's say we, Brown doesn't come back or maybe Brown comes back on a short term or like a low contract and plays the fourth line, you switch Kaliev and then maybe, I mean, that left spot is open with where AA is playing right now. I don't really envision him coming back. <laughs> so you have that about. third line. Yeah. And you have that third line <laughs> spot right there. And I, I really liked what you mentioned. Quentin Byfield with Arthur Kaliev and Gabe Velarde screens production to me. I, oh. It sure does. There's no doubt about it. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, sign me up for that anytime, any day for sure. Uh, but will he get called up this season? I, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Unless, again, there's an injury bug that hits, I think he spends the rest of the season in the A. I, I really do. Yeah. And I think that and I think that be it's going to be good for him. I think it's going to be good. Like I mentioned, the Calder Cup play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the with the Calder Cup run that the, the Rain are potentially going to be on, there's no doubt that him playing those – and playing huge games. And – not only huge games, but playoff games, because everybody knows that everything kind of, it, not kind of, it does change in the playoffs. Suddenly you're not so freewheeling anymore. Now you're more tight, tight defense checking. You know, every, every game is huge. So for him to be able to get those kind of minutes and that, that kind of game experience in, no doubt in my mind it's going to be a great experience for him to be in the AHL playoffs. Not a doubt. So let's see here. Anything else we want to hit? Anything else at all? Oh, by the way, um, in case you didn't know it out there in listener land, uh, the Oilers have a new head coach. We were chatting about that before <laughs> we uh, started recording. <laughs> There's been quite a bit oh, of summoning. Brock, Brock Faber got his first point this morning. That was that was really cool to see. Yeah. Didn't yeah. really expect uh, the Kings to get a U.S. Olympian in return for Tyler Toffoli in that trade, but hey, they'll take it. You know, let's let's take a look at that trade now. I mean, you know, now that these years later, I mean, they're saying that that Tyler Madden is actually looking really good, starting mm-hmm. to, to come back into form, right? I mean... Just another prospect. <laughs> another one to add. I mean, that's yeah. it's just ridiculous. And, yeah, Brock Faber, my God. I mean, this, this guy, yeah, you don't want to put too much stock in the Olympics. and But the way he's, he's on his trajectory right now, there's no doubt that he's going to be a solid NHL player. Not a doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good on Brock. Good on you, Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> keep going. Go USA. Yeah, absolutely. USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
Well, my friend, I think that's about all we're going to get through for this time around because, um, like I said, we could be just sitting here talking for two hours, but nobody wants to listen to us talking for two or three hours. You know, we're we're a good uh, forty-five minute compact show here. So, so again, we want to thank everybody who sent questions in and has been just listening and supporting the show and supporting our website, hockeyroyalty.com. Check that website every day because you know we're right in the middle of a rock and rolling king season, and we mm-hmm. got some great stuff up there every day for everybody to check out. So, uh, Russ, any closing thoughts? No, yeah, like you said, we can't thank our listeners and our readers enough. I mean, we all started this not envisioning what it would turn into, and it's been an awesome ride, and we're, we're happy that the Kings are actually starting to play well um, this season as Absolutely. well. So, so we're looking forward to it, looking forward to the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, listen, that's all the time we got. So uh, tune in next time. We're probably going to put one out, what, maybe next week, I think, right? Yeah, why not? Right yeah, I think next week. There'll be plenty to talk about because our Kings don't play until the 15th. But, you know, that's, that's another thing, too. Oh, God, such a long wait. Such a long <laughs> wait. But don't worry, we'll be back next week when they do. So thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. So for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go. Okay.